to Star Wars Escape Pod, and uh, this week we have a very special guest joining us uh, from Nerdtropolis, the, the mayor of Nerdtropolis himself. His name is Sean, and uh, we got Kirk coming back. Our friend Kirk is joining us again in Star Wars Escape Pod, and uh, we sadly do not have our co-host Blake with us this week, but uh, we will have him next week. So uh, without further ado, let's dive in to our three top underrated Star Wars characters of choice a bit of Star Wars news and more on Nerdtropolis. Let's go. Another happy landing. All right. So uh, first off, Kirk, welcome back. Hello there, it is good to be back. It's been a, been a hot minute since you've been on. Um, mind you, it's been a little bit since we've had some Andor to talk about. So, <laughs> I know, I know. Last time I was here, I think it was um, the prison break on Andor. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm glad, glad to be back and I, I can finally say that I got out of Narkina 5. So yeah. with, a few, with a few scratch wounds on me, but we're all good. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. And uh, joining us this week is uh, Sean, the, the, the mayor of Nerdtropolis. Uh, Nerdtropolis. Um, uh, so welcome, Sean. Thanks for having me. I'm going to say it real quick. I have not finished Andor. Uh, I'm a bad Star Wars fan um, this month, the last couple months. <laughs> I need to binge it all and get done with it so I can keep up with y'all. That is that is all good. We'll uh, we'll, we'll keep the spoilers to uh, to an absolute minimum if possible. <laughs> it's all um, good. But uh, yeah, thankfully today, I mean, we, we don't have Andor on the on the subject, uh, at least as the main subject goes. We'll be talking about some underrated Star Wars characters. So uh, how exciting is that? I don't think we've done that before uh, on this podcast, surprisingly not. Um, but uh, yeah, first, before we get into that, though, I mean, would you like to just talk about what Nerdtropolis does and, and just kind of, you know, explain to the audience of just, you know, wh what they can read up on there and, and what it is, what you do? Yeah, back in uh, 2019, I wanted to kind of just harness my inner nerd online, kind of like full fledged. And so I just started this little Facebook page that started blowing up because I didn't want to really, I wanted the battle clickbait news online. So my purpose was to kind of get information out there without people needing to search all over to find just like that one sentence that tells you what the real news is. Um, so it became a Facebook page that turned into a website that now is movie news, reviews, trailers, and celebrity interviews. And now I'm a full-fledged um, film critic with the Critics um, Choice Association. So I'm full-blown movies all the time now <laughs> and interviews with actors and directors and stuff like that. So just a little... Fun thing I started that now it's it's full blown. <laughs> nice, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I've been enjoying seeing all the all the tweets you put out. 
so you know, lots of lots of pop culture, movie related <laughs> stuff, and uh, you know, I'm a big movie guy. Kirk's a big movie guy, so <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, you, we can find you. What what are your handles for Twitter, by the way? And uh, yeah, on media. Twitter, I'm just at Nerdtropolis underscore for our Twitter page, and then I'm at Sean Taj. Um, you can find me there on Instagram too and Facebook. It's all the same. Nerdtropolis and Sean Taj on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, source source of all the news is www.nerd-tropolis.com, right? That's it. Yeah, nerd-tropolis.com is going to be your main place to go. Awesome. So while uh, while, while our listeners are are here, listening to us chat Star Wars, they can they can look that up and um, poke around. Uh, but yeah, um, actually, before I, I, I have a few Star Wars questions to ask you before we get in, uh, and you know, Kirk, you can you can pile on as well because I, I forget if I've even asked you, you these questions, but. Um, how did you get into Star Wars? Yeah, if I have to remember correctly, so I was born in 89. So I think it was maybe when they're getting re-released on home video. I don't know what year that was, like 94, 95, I think. And then at the same time was like the power of the force toys coming out. Somewhere around that time when Blockbuster was carrying the trilogy and like releasing them certain orders. I remember seeing the first one, grabbing the first one and then grabbing um, Empire Strikes Back. Which, to be honest, I love everyone loves, but as a kid, I didn't like that one. It kind of made me go to sleep <laughs> at that very young age. But I do love it. But like at that time, it wasn't really capturing me. I guess maybe bad timing when I watched it. But then Return of the Jedi, when I saw that, for some reason, that really like got me super obsessed watching that one. So like I love the first two, but when Return of the Jedi, I got it on VHS at Blockbuster. Something. Maybe the Ewoks. Maybe I love the Ewoks as a little kid being an animal lover and stuff like that. So a lot of fun stuff in that one, even though I know a lot of people don't think it's the strongest one, which I do. It's not the strongest, but as a kid, it was that. And my parents getting me a lot of the really cool toys from the from the movies. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's when the that's when the special editions came out, right? Was yeah. And I remember, re- I remember what I had. I don't know if I had a Job of the Hut like re-release they had. And I know I had like Luke and I had like a couple other things. I, it's really hard to remember, but I had some really fun toys from that era that really made playing as a kid really fun. Yeah, yeah. Power of the Force lineup is a much talked about lineup. There's some there's some interesting figures. I I, I think there was a few from uh, some of the from the comic lineup from um, the old Marvel series. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think I, I feel like there was a few for that at that point. There was a lot of stuff they were pushing yeah. out, which was really great, and especially since I wasn't around when it first came out, so it was really cool to get those types of toys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Kirk. What what about you? I, I forget if I've asked you this or, or not. But yeah, what what movie got you into Star Wars? Yeah, no, that's that's really interesting. You say that because for me, when I was a kid growing up, Return of the Jedi was always my favorite. Like when 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 Luke ignited his lightsaber and I saw it was green after watching the first two. I remember I was like, "What? That's that's possible!" <laughs> and 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 seeing like the amount of action that was in like the, um that episode compared to the, the first two original trilogy like it was like my that's what really got me into star wars and i always with like my, my family and stuff we used to make like pretend like home videos and stuff where we pretended to be jedi and everything i remember like especially when i was a kid we used to get you know when you have like a serviette roll or like a paper towel roll and on the inside of that paper towel roll there was like a 
cardboard handle thing that we used to paint into lightsabers. Anyway, so that, that that's what, what my introduction with Star Wars was. Um, and I also remember being blown away when I when someone first told me um, that the prequels were made after the original trilogy because as a kid I always just thought they were all made at the same time. I didn't I didn't quite understand like what computers were and stuff. <laughs> so um, yeah, so like. Uh, and then obviously now as I've, I've gotten older and, and there's so much more Star Wars out now, like you can appreciate the other films a bit, um, a, a bit more like, uh, I think like for me, like five and four are definitely the stronger, the stronger films in my opinion compared to, to six. So, but I still love them all and they, they still, they still, uh, definitely act as a big foundation for just like me and a lot of other people, um, for a source of inspiration and a way to kind of escape too. So yeah, I guess that's how I got into Star Wars, but I, apart from the movies, like I used to play so much of the lego star wars games on i think playstation 2 or playstation 1 i can't i can't remember exactly what it was um uh, what they came out on but when i did i i was never able to buy the memory cards uh to save my progress so i always had to keep the playstation on or if i if i turned it off i had to start again so yeah that, those were fun times <laughs> The golden age of video games right there. Uh, yeah, I so for me, it was, uh, for me, it, it's a bit blurry because uh, I think uh, similar similar to you, uh, Sean, I think it was, it was the, it was Return of the Jedi as well was always like my favorite original trilogy film. Um, and I think, uh, I think it was around the time where the original trilogy was like re-released on VHS. It was like, yeah, I forget. It was like late '90s. It was around the same time that Lego Star Wars was just becoming a thing. Like it was like Lego's first ever license. So for me, it was like I had those first couple sets. You know, the teeny little boxes with the with the Darth Vader and like the Emperor Palpatine on the the throne chair. Uh, so I had those, and and uh, I, I believe I watched those first. Um, and Phantom Menace just came out kind of right around that time. Uh, so that was, that was like released on VHS in the video store. I remember my dad bringing it home. Uh, I remember we're like watching it like with him and then he fast forwards the part where like Maul gets cut in half. And <laughs> so, you know, it's like, it's good stuff. But I, I, yeah. And then the neighbor kids, like they had, uh, those, those moving, uh, animated kind of star Wars toys where you plugged Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan and Maul together. And you had this like, you know, duel of fates played and they kind of fought each other and they had a Jar Jar one. You know, that would like, make make comments and dance around and stuff. And uh, they would be like swinging toy lightsabers around outside. So it was like, it was like, for me, it was like the peak of Star Wars. It was like, wow, like, what is this cool, like, universe, right? And then, and then it just kind of escalated until Revenge of the Sith came out. Like, I remember playing Attack of the Clones on Game Boy. Um, and yeah, and then when Revenge of the Sith came out, that was like, I was like prime age for like really kind of getting into lore and like, you know seeing the seeing the trailer just come on tv every time running into the living room you know just catch it on on tv because you know youtube wasn't really a thing so <laughs> had to catch the glimpse while it was there right uh so yeah it was it was a good time but yeah i think um that was my first exposure um uh, have you read any any star wars books or literature um and if you have what would you recommend to listeners this is horrible but i i I haven't, I do cover a lot of it. So I know like what's going on, you know, I cover a lot of the comic book news, but I haven't personally read any of them. It's really hard for me to, to follow all that stuff. Cause I've been throwing a lot of good stuff lately and I guess it's all Canon. So, um, mm -hmm. it's a lot, I'm not sure some of it is and some of it isn't, 
but I haven't honestly. So I'm here to get recommendations from the both of you then, then what maybe I should pick up and just what you think is top tier from all the stuff they released. So y'all tell me that. Yeah, uh, I yeah I can get into some of that. Uh, Kirk, you you have any suggestions for people or anything you? Hear? Yeah, I mean I, I mean I have to admit I haven't read I haven't read too much recently. Um, in fact, I just recently this is not really anything new, but I, I recently read like I think it's Alan Dean Foster's um, r- remake or or retelling of like The Force Awakens, like the adaptation of that. Because I always found it really interesting reading novels that were made after the the movies came out mm-hmm. a couple of new details in there that's that, that's uh, that was interesting and um yeah i'm still getting through the uh the, the thrawn series as well um i can't remember the author of who wrote timothy uh, timothy zan i think yeah. it was so um yeah like it and it that that's really great um but uh, apart from everything else those, those are kind of like the main things i've read uh, at least recently it, it's interesting that you mentioned the novelization because um what a lot of people might not know is the novelizations for the original films, I think they dropped like a couple months before the movie came out. And now they're doing it obviously like after, cause they want to, you know, the big reveal is supposed to be in the theater. But, uh, but yeah, I, 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 truth be told, I, I think the only novelization I've read is the attack of the clones uh, novelization by R.A. Salvatore, I think it was. Uh, and I think I did it on audiobook. Um, but that's the only one I did. I just keep hearing that the Revenge of the Sith one is just like that's the that's the one to that's the one to do. But um, yeah, right. But yeah. I heard the Plagueis um, audiobook was one of the best audiobooks out there because it has like all these sound yeah. effects in it and different voice actors it's, for each of the roles. Yeah, it's really yeah. really good. Yeah, as far as like EU stuff goes, uh, that is my number one recommendation uh, for anyone is, is the Darth Plagueis book because it, it, it almost could be implemented into Canon if they wanted it to like, it's, it's like that kind of close to being Canon. And then the same author who wrote that book, James Lucino, he wrote the Tarkin novel, which happens to be a Canon book. And there's a little Easter egg or two in there for a character that exists in both books and only in those two books. So like there is some ties to it. Uh, but yeah, if anyone were to like give any recommendation, like Plagueis is definitely a number one for me. And, uh, I really enjoyed like, as far as recently in the canon, like I really enjoyed that brotherhood book that just came out not long ago by Mike Shen. That was awesome. Super cool. You know, ties the clone war series to attack of the clones, just a much better kind of makes that gap a bit smaller. So like, I would probably start there for anyone who doesn't want to read like an ongoing series, like just one novel, just yeah. Brotherhoods. That's, that's a great place to start especially with all the new like prequel stuff they're doing these days. I mean, Clone Wars, you know, finally finished it. Tales of the Jedi, that was fantastic. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll get more stuff. The Acolyte's going to be a thing very soon. So, you know, getting getting knee deep in, in some uh, Republic era stuff is, is uh, definitely for anyone who's looking to explore the lore a bit more. That's just kind of the way to, the way to go. Um, and more bad batch is coming too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, more bad batch. Um, Jedi Survivor, the new the new game by by uh, Respawn and EA is coming out in February. I think it is. And uh, yeah, so you know, lots of cool stuff coming out. And yeah, that's that's a book that I would recommend for sure. But we are so spoiled for Star Wars stuff. Oh, dude, it's so good. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I mean, like they could come up with a, a streaming service for for star wars literature and you know they could make a killing like and i think i i put a, t- a tweet a tweet out about that and uh 
I don't think anyone replied, but I was like, man, like this is just, this is an idea in which like, if I had to pay like, I don't know, 10, $10 a month, whatever, just to access like all the Star Wars books, all the comics, whatever, you know, they could, they could make it whatever, 10, $20, whatever. It would just be like the place to be, you know, for anyone who's kind of into that stuff, it's just unlimited access, right? Like I look at the Marvel unlimited subscription and I'm like, okay, that's cool because you get all the Marvel stuff, but you don't get everything. If, if there's a Star Wars fan who wants access to all the, the Marvel comics, like they don't get access to like the novels or whatever, right? Because they're all like different publishers. So it would take some sort of like licensing agreement to kind of have all of their properties kind of delivered through one s- subscription service, I guess. But I don't know. It's it's an idea that I was like, yeah, they could probably monopolize on this if they really wanted to. Same, same with Disney soundtracks. Like, they got so many Disney soundtracks. They could make their own Spotify if they wanted to. <laughs> that reminds me, if you've seen that photo where it's like, what Disney thinks I'm subscribing for Disney Plus for, and it's like National Geographic, Pixar, and, and everything. But like, it's just like, but it's me. It's like Star Wars, The Mandalorian, and then like all the other Star Wars stuff yeah. only. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, cool. Well, I think uh, we should let's let's hit the hot topic, shall we? Uh, three underrated characters. All right, Sean. We'll uh, we'll start off with you. You give us give us the top of your list, then Kirk, and then I'll, and then I'll spew off one, and we can just go around uh, three times, and and that way we can dish off all three. But uh, all right. So you want all three right now? Give us a top one. Give us a top one. Yeah. Okay, the top one, I got to go with my little man, Babu Freak. <laughs> Babu Freak, oh, wow. An interesting choice. Okay, so uh, so what what made you pick Babu Freak? He was introduced and we don't get much more of him. He's got to be like the, <laughs> the baby Groot or like the Groot other than, you know, Grogu. Secondary, he's kind of like the Groot of like Star Wars. Like give him more stuff. He's a cute little guy, smart. Probably has an awesome backstory and like has been around a long time. So like, let's get more of him. I they're doing shorts for everybody. So give him a short. You know, he's short himself. But you, you, <laughs> but, um, you, you must be incredibly excited for for uh, Mandalorian season three. Then you know, yeah, because I yeah, so we get more, hopefully more, a lot more of him. Um, but he needs something, some more stuff. He's kind of put in the in the back a little bit, bring him a little bit more closer front. The kids are gonna love him. As, as far as his alien species go, I thought it was a really cool design you know just very uh not quite muppety but almost like kind of i don't know i i uh yeah a little bit like muppety but 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 not you know it's because he's so small right it's like uh he almost needs to be like a toy like it's it's really cool i i love how they they pulled off his uh realism um yeah he was definitely a lovable character and Hopefully we get a lot, lot more of him. And like I said, give him like just Groot has his shorts. They just released these little mini episodes on Disney Plus. That'd be awesome to have him have the same treatment. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Kirk, what's what's your number one? Okay, my number one, although I'm now going to have to refrain from doing Babu Freak impressions because that's all I did after watching <laughs> episode nine. Um, now, I'm going to butcher his name, but my number one, yeah, exactly. My, no, my number one is uh, Krill, or Krill, I think his name is, from from, Man, from Mando season one. I was, you know, I don't want to, actually, I won't get into spoilers in case 
you haven't seen or anyone listening hasn't seen Mando season one. Um, but I think he's voiced by uh, Nick Mon- Nick Nonti. I can't remember his name. I should have probably prepared this earlier. But anyway, I absolutely loved his character. We we saw him, I believe, in episode two uh, once Mando goes out on the hunt for the asset. And then, uh, yeah, he's just such a peaceful character. And I want to learn more about someone because just, he just seemed like he had a lot to in his backstory. Obviously, he worked for the Empire his whole life. And um, it was, a, I guess, another example of just a citizen that got caught up throughout their whole journey, throughout all the effects of the Empire and stuff. But I loved him as such a peaceful character. I liked how kind of respectful he was for the Mandalorian and how dedicated he was to help out. And I think uh, I wanted to see more of him. But obviously, I don't think we've seen him in any other content since then. But yeah, that, that is definitely my, my, my top pick. Nice, nice. That's uh, that that is a good pick. I, I like that pick. I, if anyone can't remember Quill, he's the the Ugnot guy who teaches Mandalorian how to ride the, uh, the man. I always forget the name of those things. That creature, <laughs> the big frog, fishes looking thing. <laughs> he's the yeah. one that's uh, he's voiced by Nick Nolte, right? That's Nick Nolte. Yeah. Nolte, that's right. That's yeah, right, yeah, yeah. That was that was a cool character. Is is it one of those characters a bit like Lor Santeca in Episode Seven, where he shows up for a hot minute and then he's kind of gone, and then you know, you just have a lot of questions and, uh, actually, you know, it's, 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 um, it's the kind of character that you almost could expect in a show that they put out between episode three and four and just, he just pops up and it's like, Oh, cool. Like we get more to his story, like in this era. So, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a great pick. The Blurgs, they called the Blurgs. That's right. Blur. Yes. They were so, yeah, the, the, I loved how, uh, I, I loved how they packed the three Blurgs in, in the Mandalorian ship towards the end of that season. They just looked so funny. I loved, I loved them. <laughs> and I loved Krill. He was, he was great. Yeah. Um, this, this, this pick, uh, well, this name has, she has reason to be on my list, but also, uh, I guess at this point might be a little, bit of an outdated choice is is mon mothma and um i only say that because uh obviously andor featured her you know prominently as one of the main characters but uh prior to andor uh for the longest time she's always been a very uh important substantial uh uh, figure you know within the rebellion and she's kind of popped up here and there and and recently on the podcast we actually did a, a what happened episode for all of her appearances through the canon so far and, and kind of talked about her character in depth. Um, but it's, it's always just one of those, one of those things, you know, she pops up, she's a cameo appearance and then she's gone again. And it's like, this is the person, one of the other than Bail Organa, this is like the only other person that's really so high up in the rebellion that, that, you know, and still kind of lives to tell the tale by the end of the original trilogy that it's, it's kind of worth, um, I guess, remembering her, uh, as a more prominent figure. So thanks to Andor, you know, now she's a bit more kind of in the spotlight, but uh, she was kind of my number one pick for underrated, I guess. Um, yeah. Okay. Back to, uh, back to you, Sean. What's your, what's your number two? All right. <laughs> Maybe a controversial pick. Uh, I pick um, Jar Jar Binks, man. <laughs> all the way, so all the way. Hate. <laughs> he gets too much hate still to this day. And how long has it been? They canceled him too quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they did. Um, I, I, I agree. You know, like I, I've, I've got a lot of love for uh, Phantom Menace, and uh, yeah, I mean Jar Jar. Like, it, it's, it's kind of too bad that. It, Here's the thing, like I, I don't really like I don't dislike the fact that his his 
appearances were kind of diminished as the movies went on. But at the same time, I, I, I fully appreciate what he did in the first movie. You know, it's, I don't have anything against it at all. Um, I, I really do love his appearances in the Clone Wars a lot. Like when he shows up in the Clone Wars every single time, I do actually laugh. It is, it, I think it's just like his character kind of delivers what it's needed in that sort of storytelling. For some reason, they just kind of pull it off really well in animated form. Uh, so I don't know if it's just because it's an animated show, they're able to kind of do, I guess, what that character's, uh, character is really kind of inspired for, but um, comical, I guess. Uh, so, but yeah, I, yeah. That's that's a great. It's book. like where has he been? Like the the new the latest trilogy. Like you think he just disappeared? Like what happened? Like he doesn't show up at all or try to help in any aspect. He just wants to go to, into hiding. Like I want to know like oh, oh, okay. why he wasn't a part of the fight anymore. He oh, gave up. I, I love him. I mean, uh, my favorite episode or, or feature of him was when I think he was with Padme and in in the Clone Wars, and he pretended to be a Jedi for a solid like twenty minutes. Like yes. that was just great. But I, I absolutely love, like, although, yeah, he did get less screen time as the episodes went on, like episode one, two, and three. Although his screen time went down, his effect on the galaxy went up so much. <laughs> if, you think, if you think about it, like, everything that happened post-episode two, and especially episode three going into the Empire, <laughs> like, his effect on everything changing is just, like, for, like, what, a minute or less screen time that he, that he had, his impact was huge. I would argue his impact on the galaxy and the story was was almost as large as some of the, you know, big key main characters, but... but oh, but yeah, still, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, he's... Loved. He's the one who makes makes the call to uh, to offer emergency powers to the Supreme Chancellor, right? And, and <laughs> it's like looking back, it's like, man, I like, guess if Padme was actually there, like, would she have done that? Like, I don't think so. But uh, you know, he was kind of coerced into into doing it, right? Um, then, yeah, Pal- Palpatine is really just a puppet on Jar Jar Binks's whole <laughs> game. That's that, that that's what it, that's what it's really all about. Yeah. <laughs> The uh, the Darth Jar Jar theory, um, Kirk. What do you? What I do you like got? that theory. To be honest, I don't think that's a good theory. I don't want to see him go dark. It's it's funny, <laughs> but like, come on. You know he's he's like a su- he's like the Superman of that that franchise. But people don't want to admit it. Like you said, he was pu- pulling a lot of strings and doing some good stuff. <laughs> Maybe he's yeah. coming to save the day. <laughs> <laughs> he's got his own redemption arc in there. <laughs> yeah. Kirk, what do you? Uh, what's your number two? Yeah, I mean, actually, well, one one more thing on Jar Jar before I say number two. I think it'd be really, honestly, like nice to see um, what his reaction was to like obviously Anakin turning and 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 all of his friends kind of and the people that he met throughout you know the galaxy um, and, and what happened after Order sixty six. I think it'd be nice, especially considering his relationship with Anakin and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, maybe. maybe episode 10 11 and 12 going to explore that i'm not sure but um my second um my second one again from from new era star wars is uh cheer it in played by donnie yen i love it man and i think he needs a whole series for himself um especially because obviously he wasn't didn't use a lightsaber or anything um in in rogue one but um, yeah, like I thought his presence was uh, amazing. Like he had some really great stunt scenes and some awesome dialogue. I'd love to see some more of him. I don't think we've seen him anywhere, anywhere else, but uh, for a character, I think the only other lightsaber we saw in Rogue One was obviously like, again, spoilers for Rogue One. If, if, if anyone out there hasn't, hasn't seen it, I'll say now. But 
yep, definitely worth it this time. Um, is obviously like Vader's at the end, but uh, of course, like I just, I just thought his approach towards the Force and his passion for the Force was kind of explored in a different way that others, others hasn't shared in the past beyond the Jedi. So yeah, Donnie Yen, uh, cheer it anyway. Well, is definitely my number two, but very close number two. I, I love that character. And my favorite line from him was when the guy puts the bag over his head and he's like, are you kidding me? I am blind. That's great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a, that is a great character. And Donnie Yen's awesome too. If anyone wants to read more about the Guardians of the Wills, uh, there is a book for, I think it was for junior readers. It's called Guardians of the Wills. And, and it does uh, uh, it does tell a story about Chirrut and Baze, uh, or if that's that's his name, uh, before they meet the characters in Rogue One. So um, I still need to read it. It's on my list. But um, yeah, my my second my second is Watto uh, <laughs> because um, I feel like without Watto, uh, there was a lot that just wouldn't happen the way it did. Right? Like Watto is actually kind of the one who bought Anakin and Shmi from gardula the hut right and if gardula the hut still had anakin and shmi i guess maybe qui-gon wouldn't have found anakin in the first place and then um wado is also the guy that anakin goes back to when he's looking for his mother and he actually tells him where to where to find her and i don't know there's it was a bit of a like i was trying to think of just characters that didn't get a lot of screen time that you know a bit underrated people don't really think of it maybe maybe like too much and Watto was just one of those one of those characters. I was like, yeah, I guess without Watto, like, you know, he's not nearly as prominent as as uh, Qui Gon Jinn or something. He was like featured through the whole movie, but I guess without him, like, a lot of stuff probably wouldn't play out the way it does. So uh, that's kind of the reason why he ended up on my list. But yeah, that was a close pick for me. I was thinking about him as well. And um, when he goes, but Anakin goes back, you can see he still he loved Anakin, even though it was a slave thing. Yeah. He was like, he like was proud of him. It seemed like, and then he wanted to help him and stuff. And was sad that, you know, his mother, he had to sell his mother, but that's how it goes in the star Wars, star Wars world. But yeah, that's a good pick. Yeah. 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 That's uh, that's a great point. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, yeah, it's definitely worth noting. Yeah, for sure. He wasn't like a corrupt, like evil slave master or anything like that. He was actually relatively like a pretty, you know, all around, well-respected guy, I guess, you know, at the end of the day, but it's hard he, to put those two together. Well-respected slave owner. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. It's hard, but yeah, but we, I think everyone gets what we're trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was the nicest slave owner in the galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he, he held his, he held his end of the bargain. Right. Is it was what I mean? He's like, he's got right. some honor to him. Uh, he wanted to back out, but you know, it's like, yeah, we could take this up with the huts. And he was like, nah, take him. So, you know, I guess, uh, and he could have lied to Anakin when he comes back. He could have lied to, you know, it's like, oh, she died, you know, but no, nah, you know, he actually, he actually did have some, some positive personality. Yeah, he, he, he's pretty much a saint in Watto. He's just an absolute <laughs> gift giver. Yeah. I think, I think he's like, he's like, uh, I, I guess gotten less evil maybe as he's aged, you know, he's just turned into like a more senile, like old man and. Just kind of like softened up a little bit even more. He's the Clint, the Clint Eastwood of Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a grumpy man. Just that's what we'll be doing. Like. <laughs> oh man, was he was his character completely CG at the time, or, or was it? Yeah, or was it a puppet? Fully, fully CG. Um, I, I, I believe there probably was like a stand-in puppet, but I, the whole thing was re- replaced. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, because he looks like for 2000, or I mean, 99 and 
two. Like it, it looked, it looked pretty, pretty great. Especially uh, when yeah, Anakin went back to Tatooine and saw him. Like I remember when watching it again recently. Like you can see like his yeah. facial hair and everything. He's it's kind of grown compared to the yeah. first one. So yeah, yeah the, hats the, off to the second. I have a feeling that they used like they built his head, maybe the... you know, kind of built like his just his head for certain spots. Because I pulled up a picture and it looks like his head is real and his back is all CGI in certain parts. Obviously, like I think later on they did a full CGI when it got better. But it looks like they did build a practical head at least. Oh, for the uh, for the first movie, you mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe, um, yeah. I guess it, maybe in some shots where they didn't need to open his mouth, like maybe maybe they could have used a, a prop, I guess. But um, yeah, by the second film, they they had subsurface scattering for their uh, for their three D models, so they were able to get a lot more detail close up uh so attack of the clones you can definitely be sure it was 100 cgi um yeah so what's uh let's circle around to our third one sean what do you got for your number three all right we're talking underrated but everyone's gonna be like you picked the best overrated <laughs> <laughs> but i'm gonna change this up this is some love ray is totally underrated i'm sorry to say totally underrated with all the hate she gets <laughs> And we need her back for another like trilogy. There's more to tell. You can't just send her off at the very end with the lightsaber and be that's the end. We need more. I need to know what happens. I'm sorry to say people not liking the route it went, but we need more Ray. That's for sure. Ray needs to come back. Yeah, you know, it's um it's 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 always like a bit of a shame when you have a good character that's just not written well, I guess, or written in a way that leaves people like wondering if there was going to be more to it. And I don't know, I guess um, I like the character, you know, I, I, I do like the character Ray. Uh, I've always liked Kylo Ren, Ben Solo. I, I think it's got definitely got more complexity to him, but um, you know, I never had anything against Ray, but it's just, it, it is kind of too bad that we're like in this state of like, she has been in three movies and yeah, she does feel a bit underrated because it's like, you know, there it's her be. movies. It's like it's yeah, all it's about her, her. Yeah, exactly. It should be. Her, it should be her movies, but we're still left with this empty feeling inside, and it's like it's clearly there's something up with that, right? So, um, and we yeah. got a lot of like now like females loving Star Wars because of Ray, and little girls getting into it because of Ray. So I love seeing that. Like a huge, a huge new fan base has emerged because of Ray. Uh, when you go like to the Disney parks and you see Ray, you know, in character over there, the little girls are going crazy. And like the interaction you see is really sweet to see. So that's how important Ray is really to the franchise. And she definitely needs to continue her story in some extent, we live action or animated or comic form. And it just needs to keep going. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that by far is the most important thing. Like I remember when the force awakens came out, seeing how many um, little girls were like really excited and, and dressing up as her, like straight away after the movie came out. And even before, like all the costumes were available, they were already dressing up as her. And I, I remember when I watched the force awakens for the first time and I saw like her staff, it obviously wasn't like a saber or anything. I, I for, for me, I was like by episode eight slash going into nine, like she has to have a double ended like lightsaber like that which is what they did but right in the last what 60 seconds of of, of episode nine so 
I'm really keen to see them bring out some more stuff with uh, Ray. I think Daisy Ridley is an amazing actress. Like she's so positive and she's she's got so much energy. And uh, I actually got a little bit excited recently because I saw that she was over at Lucasfilm over on like I think a couple weekends ago for like a, a luncheon or catch up with like the old cast. Yeah. That's what they said. But uh, who knows what it actually you know was for? So I think it'd be great to see uh, to see her, um, even if it was stories before her time after you know episode seven and everything but you're, you're, you're right i feel like i've just had even though we've got three movies with her i've still just had entree like i i want the main course of her story and and a bit, bit of dessert too you know <laughs> yeah yeah i and you know this is this is kind of where i think things like animated series and and books and stuff can really flesh out a character really well because um, some characters, you know, you watch the films and, and they might feel underrated. And then, and then if you consume all this other stuff, then they, they feel a bit more complete, but, um, she's still in that category of characters where she's just in the movies and, and not a whole lot in that other material. And, uh, which is really too bad because like there's, um, we recently reviewed a book called Shadows of the Sith, which really kind of fills in a lot of, I guess, plot holes and a lot of gaps that Episode Nine left with the the Archie of Bastoon plotline and and you know like Ray's parents assassination, all that stuff, and uh, you know why Lando was on uh, uh, Pasana, and um, I I did like the book. Uh, it had a bit of an odd ending, but. Um, Overall, I think we we kind of just concluded that a book like that is very necessary, you know, when when we get a movie like Episode Nine, and it's almost like you know this is this is a nice way to flesh out some characters. And um, Luke Skywalker got a, a huge spotlight in in that novel, and it was almost very very needed because uh, because of just the result of that character through through the the later two films of that trilogy and. Um, it was just kind of nice to get a bit more of a complete feeling, but Ray has, you know, she was, uh, she was a little girl in that book and didn't have much appearance. And other than that, there's maybe like two other novels that she's been in, which is kind of maybe worth reading. Um, um, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I guess there was one, uh, third of a book called before the awakening, which is like a book that precedes episode seven and tells like the story of, Ray right before episode seven uh, tells a story of Poe right before episode seven. And then it tells a story of uh, uh, Finn like right before episode seven as well. And it kind of explains a few things that the movie doesn't really talk about. Uh, but that's definitely worth kind of getting into for anyone who wants to explore Ray a bit more. But yeah, I agree. I mean, I feel like we, we could use a bit more, you know, I guess stuff <laughs> with, with her in it. Um, Kirk, what's your, uh, what's your third choice? Oh man, I'm, I'm kind of inspired to change my third choice now because originally I was going to say Qui-Gon, but Qui-Gon is, I think, I wouldn't say Qui-Gon's underrated actually, just because so many people love Qui-Gon, but I, like I was, I was looking at some interviews of Dave Filoni talking about how important Qui-Gon's decision was to change the whole story and everything. So I won't, I won't say Qui-Gon, but that's, that's what I was going to say. So I've been but he's underutilized, now. but he's underutilized. He's not yeah, underutilized. Oh, for sure. I think that's a much better word to use. Like we have, although we did see a little bit of him in Tales of the Jedi, I think we haven't seen, and, and also he was in Rebels. I'm, I'm not sure. I can't, I can't actually remember. Um, but yes, definitely underutilized. And I hope we do see more of him because yeah, he's such a wise character and, and one of those characters that isn't completely like, I don't want to say like has, you know, his head over heels for the Jedi order, but kind of is almost in that bit of a, 
um, a hesitant area in terms of like the whole council and everything. But anyway, underutilized, but I'm going to cheat here and say that my third underrated character is Finn because John Boyega was, uh, I think, treated quite well in terms of his character for episode seven, but eight and nine, like he just, he just resorted to screaming out Ray's name and, and that, that was about it. And I don't think that's, that's obviously not John's fault at all. It's like mainly the script and stuff. Although we, there were a couple of moments where he was good, but I, I think he was great. Like ex stormtrooper or ex janitor, I guess turned into a, a rebellion uh, fighter. And especially like those moments in the last Jedi where like he, he, his character itself still had flaws. Like he wanted, to jump out of the, the ship and just bail despite, you know, coming all this way. I thought he was great. And I really especially was interested to see and, and was quite, it was quite obvious that towards episode nine, they were kind of hinting towards him having some force powers, but uh, or being force sensitive. But yeah, they, they saved it right to the end. So underrated character. I think he's a great actor. Um, I loved playing him in Battlefront. I think it was pretty it's good fun. <laughs> but yeah, I hope we do see more of him in the future. I don't know whether or not he'll return for it, but just, you know, given from what I hear experience-wise in Episode 9. Um, but I, I think uh, we'll see, I really do hope we see more of him in the future, and I think he's got a lot of interesting backstory to, to tell, obviously being taken, his character being taken from his family to fight for the First Order. So yeah, that's, that's my third one. But that's a late inclusion because I was inspired by by Ray. And I think, yeah, yeah. I, I want to see more of him. Yeah. I, 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 um, it is too bad, you know, like about John Boyega. Cause I know that he's pretty upset about it. And, um, when they marketed episode seven, they marketed him with the lightsaber and everything. And then in episode nine, you kind of get that little tease that he's like, maybe kind of getting the feels for like the force and, but yeah, nothing really ever comes about that character. It's like it's almost too bad that he's kind of turned into this meme of just like screaming Ray all the time. Because <laughs> like that's, yeah. that's just kind of like it's like ah uh, like I mean I, I I don't know I don't know a character a character like that um it, it just d- deserves a bit more right you know no matter what movie it's from a character like that should should get a little bit more story so uh yeah that's a good yeah point. and just like. And just maybe not controversially as well, but like, yeah, I mean, his fight with Kylo in episode seven, like the way he screamed out when like the, the blade tilted into his chest and everything, like I thought it was just, I thought it was great, like great acting and it was, and, and yeah, I do hope we see, we see more of him. And like I said, like, I don't think it's John Boyega's fault at all. It's just, you know, him resorting to screaming and stuff. But, um, yeah, like I, 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 you know, I, I have my fingers crossed in, in the future that we'll see more of him, um, in, in, in the future. And I'm sure that if a good script comes along with some good planning and, and he reads it being a Star Wars fan himself, I, I'm sure he'll, he'll take something on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my third and final choice here was, uh, Barris Offie. Um, and, uh, I feel like she was really an underrated character. We saw her maybe twice, maybe three times throughout the Clone Wars. Um, but the reason why I chose her is because her speech that she gives when she's, uh, framed, well, when, when the truth comes out that she's actually the one who bombed the Jedi temple and framed her friend Ahsoka for it. Um, I feel like it was uh, a prominent kind of speech that she gives that really just uh you know definitely um affected a lot of people that were there right and uh there was politicians there from the senate there was the jedi council was there uh anakin was there ahsoka was there um two of which people left the order right and uh there was you know a fair few people uh, including including some of the uh jedi temple guards which we know 
um, the Grand Inquisitor was uh, Grand, uh, a Temple Guard as well, and he ended up becoming the, the Inquisitor, you know, because he also did feel something toxic about the, the Jedi Order, right? So I feel like her speech was such kind of an uh, influential turning point for a lot of people's opinions on how they thought about the Jedi Order in that arc. And what was really sad is later when they did Star Wars Rebels, they came up with an Inquisitor by the name of Seventh Sister. And Seventh Sister is of the same species, I believe, and yet never confirmed to be Barriss Offee at all. And uh, they, well, a bit of a bit of a spoilers, like they did kill off that character and still never acknowledged that it was Barriss Offee. And I always just thought to myself, like, this this particular character, we don't know what happens to her, right? Like we don't we don't know what happens to Barisafi, and still uh, with all the stuff out there, we still don't know what happens to her, and yet it, it, somehow she just never becomes an Inquisitor. Like she she kills innocent people, you know, sets up a bomb in the Jedi Temple. I fully would expect her to become an Inquisitor, um, but yeah, we we don't have that confirmation yet, as far as I know. And I feel like we just need more of her. Like she was such a great character, played really well. And um, I feel like if the Ahsoka show ever went down a road in which it kind of flashed back to those events, or maybe that character makes its return, then you know, justified. But that's that's the last one on my list. She could show up in Ahsoka. That'd be great. I really wish Ahsoka really focuses on a lot of flashbacks. So, because, I mean, Ahsoka at that age, she's not going to be as action-packed. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm hoping Ahsoka's an action-packed show. But if it's not and kind of drawn out, it'd be nice to see some action-packed, like, flashbacks of a lot mm-hmm. of battles and fights. Yeah, yeah, that would be really cool. Yeah. Yeah, what do you, yeah. Because the, the last we saw of um, of her, she she went to prison, right? That, that, that was pretty much it. Yeah, that was pretty much it. Yeah, she just went to prison, and that was the end of season five. And then when season six yeah. came out, it was like a half season, right? So like, cause they canceled the show halfway through production of season six. So when that half season dropped on uh, Netflix at the time, uh, now it's all on Disney, but, um, but yeah, it, it was, it, th- that character wasn't in it at all and neither was um, Ahsoka. And then when they finally years later did season seven as the final season, we, we got gypped because there was actually a planned eight seasons of the Clone Wars before they kind of scrapped 20 something odd episodes. There was a few that were adapted into a novel comic book, um, proxy animation series. There was one arc that was fully finished and then spun off into its own show, which was the bad batch story arc. Um, but we got gypped on a, on a few, few missing Clone Wars arc. So maybe she was supposed to have some sort of role later on in the show. Um, which maybe just none of us still know about. Um, but I feel like Rebels did try to wrap up a lot of loose ends that Clone Wars in the Season 7 absence era uh, couldn't really tell. That show never did anything, right? And then Season 7 never confirmed anything either. And then there still hasn't been a book or a comic that's really kind of talked about it either. So I'm like, well, it would have been nice to guess something. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, oh well. But yeah, uh, Ahsoka's going to be in, a in that show. case. In that case, I, I think she's very much well alive because obviously any Jedi that was locked up during that time is would no longer be locked up after everything everything considered. So yeah, maybe we'll see more of her. Well, she's the kind of character who they they could bring back. You know, I feel like is the kind of character that if Palpatine approached and just kind of 
you know, did his little thing to, you know, to like corrupt someone's mind and, and bring them over to the dark side. Like she was, she would be the perfect candidate, right. To become an inquisitor or uh, an agent of his somehow. And, and uh, you know, there she is in a Republic prison and he's like the head honcho chancellor guy that has control over everything, you know, push of the button and she's out. Right. So I feel like, yeah, there, there's gotta be a good story, like a good juicy story. They're probably saving her for and maybe some Ahsoka flashbacks would be it. I have no idea, but that would be really cool if she was the You know, I'm, I'm going to make the prediction now, and this is future spoilers. So it could be a spoiler, but I don't I don't know. Like, if I get it right, I have been known for getting most of my, you know, future spoilers wrong. Uh, but um, I, I reckon now that I think about it, that she could be the second main uh, antagonist in the uh, in, in the Ahsoka show. Obviously, she's looking for Thrawn. That's what was suggested um, in, in Mando. But I really do feel that now that you remind me of her, given that she's underrated and Dave Filoni's also directing Ahsoka, given that he also did those episodes of The Clone Wars, I feel like that considering that she was a close friend to Ahsoka, I think there would be some nice character developments, even just for Ahsoka as well, having discussions with her and, and them crossing paths again. And given that I, they're obviously not the same species, but I feel like uh, they would be a similar age at that time if they both live, obviously Ahsoka lives, but if they both live to towards that certain age limit, because I think at that time they're around about 40, 50 years old. So yeah, I'm going to make the prediction now that we'll see her in the Ahsoka show. But if I'm wrong, let's cut this part of the uh, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I you're right. Right, you're right. Yeah, if I'm right, right we'll audio clip it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I don't think she was. I don't think that she's going to set up being like the the seventh sister, which is a great theory. But if she was, you know, freed from the prison and just went into hiding, and somehow Ahsoka and them cross paths and asks her for help to find Thrawn and they kind of like team up. That'd be really cool too, to see her redemption that way for, you know, crossing her best friend and somehow feeling bad about it and be like, okay, yeah, I wronged you. And yeah. You did, you know. Yeah. That would be, a, that would be a cool, a cool story as well. I feel, I feel like, oh man, this is, that's such a cool idea though, that like her coming back into the Ahsoka show, I almost don't want to think about it just because I don't want to be disappointed when it doesn't happen. <laughs> but, um, but I don't know who knows. Right. Maybe, maybe Kirk's right. <laughs> I can take the I can take the blame for that. But I, I can't remember in that Clone Wars episode where she did obviously come out and fight. Um, I think she, she may have fought Anakin. Did she have two red lightsabers at the time, or she, like, yeah, she pulled she, them out of nowhere? She steals Ventress's lightsabers. Is what happened. Right, that's right. Yeah, because yeah. then I was just thinking, how, how does she have the time just to bleed two red lightsabers? Like, well, isn't that a little bit risky? But obviously, yeah, yeah she, I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember the episode because that was also the time where Anakin like almost lost his cool in front of all of these students. Isn't that right? Because that's of what right. happened to Ahsoka. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. So that importance that that she has to Ahsoka, I I'm gonna okay, I'm, I'm gonna stop there because I don't want to get your hopes up, but <laughs> just just saying, you're killing me. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I no, I t I I really I really do hope for the best for that show. I mean, the fact that Dave's kind of helming it, and uh, you know, um, yeah, I mean, I, I I it's his character, right? Like, you know, Ahsoka's his his kind of product, and um, I you know, I can only imagine that it'll be uh, it'll be you know fantastic. But um, you know, the the one Book of Boba episode that he did was was like a you know trophy award winning Star Wars product. So. <laughs> Uh, it's good stuff. Absolutely. And if I'm wrong, <laughs> exactly. If I'm wrong, it's she'll be in season two of Ahsoka. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm hedging my bets here. F- future, future speculation. Um, but that's a topic. I had, that's something that uh, that I think you, Sean, had had a lot of interest in. Is like how all these where these Disney shows are going. Uh, like, did you have any kind of theories? You like, you know, things that you thought of that would be like, you know, things that you might see coming. Things that you thought of that might, would be really cool. It's interesting to see like a lot of shakeup happening. You know, over at, at Disney with all a lot of their IPs and stuff like that. You know, now that you heard, well, I don't know, pretty recent that they're taking a look at the movies, but putting a pause on the movies, which I think is a shame. I feel like, you know, with Marvel and Star Wars and other, you know, IPs, they're pushing so many series out. Mm. I think that's a little exhausting at the same time. And not everyone's watching all of them. If you look at it, I'm sure there's a lot of people, maybe not like big Star Wars fans, but a lot of people that got hooked on the Mandalorian that weren't Star Wars fans, kind of like my parents, they love the Mandalorian. They have not touched Book of Boba yet for many reasons, but like time is obviously one of them, but that's the thing. You're not grabbing those just casual lovers of the star Wars movies. We you know what Mandalorian did. So I'm, I'm really intrigued what they're going to do. Obviously that, um, Rangers of the new Republic movie is canned, I believe. And then so is, um, rogue squadrons not happening. Mm-hmm. So all that movie's done. There was a Lando movie that was supposed to be having or a series. Yeah. <laughs> who knows, anything who knows that. what like, that is going. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, then, uh, Alkalite is going to seem awesome, but it just seems like a little disheveled. Yeah. Where Star no, Wars I, is going. I, I totally agree. Cause, um, yeah, Lando, that was going to be a series. Donald Glover was set to return. Who knows? You know, ever since they made that announcement, like I have no idea what's happening with that. Um, there was that, uh, animated droids series as well with R2 and 3PO. It was supposed to be some sort of, or maybe it was like a, a TV, animated movie or something. And that was supposed to be. It was like be, Star Wars, a droid story. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. And that, I don't, again, like, like what happened to that? Right. And then, yeah, Rogue Squadron, that movie got shelved. Um, and then um, Rangers of the New Republic got canned. And, uh, there was, uh, there was, I'm pretty sure there was another thing, but uh, recently, yeah, the, all of the future Star Wars movies have kind of, they've kind of hit pause on that for now and really just kind of focused in on the, the series aspect of things. But, um, and then Taika, it was supposed to be a Taika movie too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which untitled one, but what's the I latest don't want to see anything from him. <laughs> <laughs> what's the, what's the latest update on, on that one? Is, is this supposed to happen still or what, like? I don't know. That could even be the Kevin Feige produced one because Feige was supposed to be producing a Star Wars movie. But now Marvel is kind of relooking at how they're doing things um, with the movies. At least they don't want to push so many out in a year, kind of go back to how special they were. So right. um, I just think right now Andor is going, everyone's going crazy for Andor. It just, it was nominated for a bunch of awards. Um so for best drama and best actor and a bunch more. So they're really focusing on Andor right now. And then you got Bad Batch. And then I think Ahsoka and uh, Mandalorian season three. But other than that, I don't know foresee what Star Wars is going to be doing or delivering to us after all that. Oh, then you get the Alkalite. But other than that, there's movie wise and some major series. I don't know. Um, Skeleton Crew was was the newest show in the lineup that they announced which is also kind of being fast-tracked to come out next year uh, i believe or maybe it's the year after but um I, this the jude law led um uh younger younger uh, targeted audience 2023 apparently for this one um uh, and it's set at the same time as ahsoka and the mandalorian right 
Yeah, so that was a very recent addition that wasn't previously announced earlier when they made all that other news about Lando and this and that. Um, right, that was a Star Wars celebration announcement. Yeah. The ones that we were just speaking of was 2020, two years ago, and this one was just this year. So a lot has changed in, yeah. in a couple of years. It's like their priorities have totally kind of been turned upside down in a way. <laughs> and I wonder if it's because Filoni is now having more control. I'm really curious of how much and taking away from everyone else so he can kind of fudge mm-hmm. it out. I mean, he's he's like the Feige of Star Wars, so. Yeah, yeah, it makes me wonder. I mean, like, you know, ever since, like, uh, you know, because since they made those announcements, uh, they've probably had some, um, I guess, some stats, you know, some, some uh, Disney Plus, I guess, information as to what's popular. Uh, because Tales of the Jedi kind of came out of left field and, and, you know, that was obviously kind of targeted to fans of the Clone Wars, fans of the Bad Batch, um, really just, just a very short kind of six part thing that I really hope they make more episodes and more seasons for, because I think it's a brilliant idea to do, you know, small kind of character arcs like that, which kind of fill in some gaps here and there for, um, you know, whoever really they could kind of make it wherever since it kind of jumps around the timeline quite a bit but um but yeah i mean uh it is it is curious that a lot of these things have kind of shifted priorities in terms of like when they're coming out when they're going to be released but um yeah yeah kirk what what are your thoughts on all this stuff like yeah i mean it's it's interesting i feel like in with streaming in general we like obviously bob Iger is back as disney ceo but i really feel like streaming now the streaming wars is turning from going from an acquisition model. So trying to get as many subscribers as possible to retention now, because we're seeing these big platforms like Netflix and Disney plus the subscriber numbers growth is kind of, you know, flattening That's because it's competition. Now there's more to watch, but in the end consumers kind of only have, let's say 18 hours that they're awake throughout the day. So they don't, you don't get more time, but we're getting more and more TV shows and although TV shows are like really great when it comes to character development because you do get more time to flush out characters and, and see stuff, the problem with that is that it obviously does take more time to do all that. So consumers and viewers, especially me in particular, like I don't have all the time to catch up on all these TV shows. Like there's just so much out there now. And for me personally, like going going to the movie theater, sitting down and watching a movie and, you know, with friends and, and family is like an experience. And obviously the, the, the distributor in the movie theater gets cash straight away once you pay for the box office ticket. But now these new shows, obviously there's millions of dollars being poured into them. I, I know like Kenobi was like $90 million the budget and Andor was even more than that. But though that money is now, I think, being more so funneled in trying to keep people on the streaming platforms themselves. So I feel like as we get less and less time to watch these shows and as these shows don't bring in new money for, uh, for subscribers, apart from when obviously platforms increase their pricing, um, we're going to, there's just going to be so much streaming fatigue because, and that's not just Star Wars in general. So personally, I, I hope for Star Wars that we get more movies and, and less of these TV shows. Just because as much as I honestly, I loved Andor, I loved Mandalorian, and I really did like parts of um, Kenobi and, and Boba Fett, I'm finding that it's so hard to keep up with everything. And I used to watch all the Marvel stuff, but now I've just kind of run out of time, And uh, which, which is a little bit sad, I guess. But I think that's the way it's going. And I think now with Bob Iger coming back in, we'll see, obviously, like he built Disney Plus, or not obviously himself, but he led, obviously, the transition into Disney Plus and entering into that market. 
But I think there's going to be a shift in the reassessment on how, especially considering the pandemic is almost over, I guess, and more people going back to the movie theaters that will see some more Star Wars movies. Because in the end, I think the best Star Wars content has stemmed from like the original trilogy, and that's what grew Star Wars in the first place. And obviously, there is a proof that good cinema and good entertainment doesn't have to come in a form of eight hours long. It can be concentrated in two-hour blocks where we get just as great stories to be told. So, yeah, I mean, that's my take in the end. I really hope we see more Star Wars movies in the future and we get some of these shows wrapped up in a, in a bow in the, in the new future, plus maybe one or two. But, yeah, I, don't, I, I hope they don't exhaust it too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree. I mean... Uh... It's funny that you. It's funny that this is the general consensus because uh, I I just watched the 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 this finale episode for the uh, sixth season of uh, Rick and Morty, and there was uh, there was a little little quip uh, <laughs> shot out at Disney for uh, filming so many Star Wars shows like you know uh, quote unquote like on the same green screen and um, yeah it's just it was a funny little joke at that it was just like uh, uh but uh, you know it, it, like talking about this it's true like i mean like there it really has kind of the focus is um more i i guess this disney plus thing has always kind of been an investment you know for disney right and uh to eventually i guess take on as many people as possible to you know provide you know whatever it is 12 bucks a month you know like you know to keep to keep that trajectory going up like they got to keep pumping out new shows right otherwise people will just like all right yeah seen that you know nothing new i'm gonna just unsubscribe or whatever like i know a lot of people who will just subscribe to you know netflix or hbo or crave or whatever you know for just a month or two just to watch a show and then they'll just be unsubscribing like right after you know when it's when it's wrapped up so um, yeah i think dave i think dave filoni creatively wants to push for tv shows because that's where he's most experienced in yeah and like in, in the end, like we get good quality Star Wars. That that's all you really want in the end. So yeah, I I, I don't know. That's my perspective on what Star Wars will be in the future. TV or, or film um, comes more from like what I think the overheads will. Because in the end, that's that's how the decisions are made. But now I think that John and Dave. Um, John Favreau have had a lot of like critical success with these with these shows. That they're going to be the the main voice and I guess the creative side of things. So. We'll see. I don't know. I, I might have a different perspective on other people, but uh, in the end, look, if we get good Star Wars and, you know, we get to escape more to a galaxy far, far away, isn't isn't that all that matters? Yeah. Right. I need to push John Favreau away from TV, to be honest. He needs to go back to the movies and so he can deliver a good Star Wars movie. Take his buddy, Robert Rodriguez. Let's get some of these guys that were working on The Mandalorian and just give them a movie to do. I don't yeah. think that would work. Yeah. No, I, I Iron, Iron Man one and Chef. Uh, I love Chef so much. I think that's a great movie. Oh <laughs> yeah, maybe it's, it's, it's such a good movie. movie. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah that, that was his response to not being able to be creative with Iron Man two. I, I think the underlying thing is, I mean, what's well, got Scarlett Johansson and and Robert Downey Jr. in it. But man, if if he, I I so agree with that, Sean. Like if, if they if he did a movie again, that'd be amazing. Yeah, yeah, that would that would be. Um... I really like Chef. I, I, and John Favreau, he's, he's an awesome storyteller, you know, and um, it would be cool to get him and his crew in the Star Wars film, you know, area. Like, I, to, be, to be honest, like, I have no idea how Taika, like, nothing against Taika, but, like, I have no idea how a guy like him managed to score, you know, getting uh, a Star Wars movie to direct rather than John Favreau or, you know, who knows, because they've actually had success, right? 
like a guy like mm. John or Dave, like they've had success on Disney Plus with the series. It's like, why not give them a chance at a movie or something to, um, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like Sean, what are, what are your thoughts? And I, and I like, <laughs> and I don't know oh, how Sean. they gave, I don't know how they gave Taika a Taika movie with Thor. Love yeah. and it was all Taika. He directed it. He wrote it. He started as Cork. He, he was narrated the whole movie. And then when they killed Cork, he still showed up in the back of the head. Like he can't get rid of Cork. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to vent a little bit about Taika. I don't want him to do a Star Wars movie. I feel like it wouldn't work if he had full control. But like Ragnarok, he didn't. He didn't write it. So um, he can direct, but I think uh, we'll see what happens with his movie. Yeah. I, I would prefer if, and again, this might be controversial, but I loved Glass Onion and, and Knives Out, the, the two Knives Out movies. So I, I hope Ryan Johnson honestly comes back. Last Jedi, obviously... I debatably one of the most controversial you know fan dividing star wars stuff of all time but we won't go over into that but i don't know i, I feel like if he didn't actually you know write everything in it and he had john and dave you know on on the script for whatever it might be i think he could pull something off i would prefer him over Tyker, but then yeah. again i would also prefer john and dave over over ryan johnson but but still like hey. <laughs> yeah the, the hierarchy of preferred directors right of yeah. directors yeah yeah no I, I i agree i i i actually did uh i did like you know the ryan johnson look the thing about the thing about last jedi is it is it is it is divisive right and it's always a tough subject but like i always look at it from the standpoint of him only being able to do one movie locked in a trilogy in which he doesn't really know what's next and he didn't have any control before. Right. And that's right, a not his really, fault at all. Yeah. And that's a really tough thing to do. So, so like I've always just kind of, I I've still maintained like, you know, big respect for the guy. I love knives out. Knives out was fantastic. You know, I still haven't seen uh, glass onion yet. I plan to watch it very soon, but, um, but yeah, it would be cool to just see what he's able to do under the pretense that he's not locked into a particular story or, or particular characters, right? Well, they didn't have a story. That was a problem with the new trilogy. They right. didn't know what they were doing. Right. <laughs> so yeah. it's coming on him yeah. and you you don't bring back the first director. So you bring JJ back. So you bring him in and then you bring JJ. The problem was they should have stuck with JJ and locked him in and then give Ryan his own thing or a spinoff or like the next set. Yeah. So I don't blame Ryan at all. Right. My favorite thing about like what you just said there about the sequel trilogy is when... I think Daisy really did an interview with, I can't remember the, the host's name on, on the Star Wars YouTube channel, but she's like, oh, I got a call from JJ two weeks before production and he's like, oh, guess what we're doing with Ray? Like, you're Palpatine's granddaughter. And then she's like, and then I got a week after a call a week after that and then he wasn't, uh, I wasn't his granddaughter. And there was this, they were choosing right up until like a week before production. That's, yeah, and that's ridiculous. Like, I was like, yeah, insane, insane. So I can't for the life of me remember what we were just talking about. <laughs> I remember right. there, was, there was some connection I was making there. Right. Oh, it right. was either a Palpatine or Kenobi. They're going to try to make it a Kenobi. Yeah, yeah. The two, and I'm like, why even giving Kenobi something? Let right. that go. Yeah, it's like what's a, yeah, like a guy like Ryan Johnson. Like, how is he supposed to work with that? Right? Like, they don't even know what they're doing. This guy's doing his movie. All of a sudden, the next thing he knows, Colin Trevorrow is like, you know, heading right. out, heading out the door. And it's like, okay, everything that Ryan was leading up to is now scrapped and they're rewriting the whole thing. So like, where's this, where's this going? Right. And it's just, it, it is really a shame because, um, these are like the, the pillar Star Wars movies we're talking about. So, I mean, um, it just, it's just too bad that there isn't more 
solid storytelling going on. And, and I read a very interesting article recently um, about James Cameron and how he, you know, he's inspired by the Lord of the Rings trilogy to write all the Avatar scripts before even doing any of them. Because it's like, if there's no foundation, why bother, right? So, you know, let's plan out the it's story. World, it's world building. Yeah. George Lucas did it. He built that world and expanded it. And he had his ideas trinkled for decades if he wanted to continue it. And so that's a shame that he's he left. And, you mm -hmm. know, I really wish he stayed on to some extent. I mean, he does visit and stuff like that. And I do talk to him, but yeah, he doesn't have any control or any really in, real input when it comes to that. But yeah, it's a, it's a shame for sure. Oh, man. Well, um, we're uh, hitting just about time here. So is there anything you guys want to bring up before we uh, wrap up today? I hope we get a Babu Frick and a Krill trilogy each just to satisfy both me and Sean. Yeah. Because, <laughs> they, should uh, team up. they should team up somehow. They have to cross paths. They're both old. They both, yeah, like, they both tinker. They both build things. And... Um, That'd be really funny if they had like a mini series where like it's like a lab and they're teaching kids how to build stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. Yeah, even some shorts. That's where I think some good TV can come from. You know, just short ten minute episodes of stuff like Tales of the Jedi. That'd be good. Uh, oh, we didn't talk about this real quick. Like Marvel's the special presentation format could oh, work for yeah. Star Wars. They were talking about that. Mm, totally. Doing the special presentation. Like it's like fifty minutes, fifty-two minutes or so. You know. Pushing something out. I've I've actually brought this up before. Uh, I'll bring it up again. But um, I've always thought that in a way to finish the Clone Wars, they could always just do Clone Wars movies. You know, like just stitch three episodes together because that's how the Clone Wars theatrical release was made. It was meant to be a couple of arcs, right? Like a couple of episodes, like making one story arc. And uh, I feel like they could just do that, right? Like make a Clone Wars animated movie. They could just make a live action thing as well. You know, make it like an hour. And uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, episodic is the last yeah so star wars was yeah, inspired by episodes right that's right that's right the last four episodes of season seven were like they they could have been stitched together as a movie for clone wars yeah so, like yeah exactly yeah they definitely can do that that's that's good pitch it to lucasfilm yeah send them a tweet or something yeah. tell, <laughs> tell them sean tell them <laughs> we'll do it yeah <laughs> actually let's let's get it out there get a campaign going yeah let's do it uh sean where can uh yeah I, we mentioned it earlier but where can uh, where can our audience follow you on on social media the easiest thing is just go on um, the website nerd-tropolis.com all my socials are on there um stay tuned for all the movie news reviews and trailers and interviews it's a fun time to nerd out just like with y'all i had a joy tonight this is really fun Oh, it was great having you. It was awesome having you. Um, Kirk, uh, I, it's been a while since we gave off your social handles, if you want to give off any. Yes, you can find me pretty much everywhere at Designed by Kirk. And yeah, I think YouTube, Twitter, everything. And uh, at OrbitKey. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. And at OrbitKey, of course. Yes. Plug yeah. the Star Wars collection in there. If you want to get organized with some Star Wars stuff, yeah. head over to OrbitKey. <laughs> yeah, we're doing a giveaway right now for uh, Star Wars Orbit Keys. So throw your name in the hat. You know, you can find the link in the, de in the description of uh, the podcast episode down below or uh, on our Discord server. Uh, just about anywhere we uh, we are, you can find the giveaway link. So definitely throw your name in the hat. Um, so thank you, Kirk. Thank you, OrbitKey. And thank you... Sean, for joining us. Uh, awesome to have you. And uh, to all our audience, go check out Nerdtropolis. All right. So uh, before we wrap it up here, 
definitely wanted to update you guys on uh, YouTube progress. We're about halfway there. So uh, our audience is on YouTube. You can uh, you can finally find us there at SWSK Podcast. YouTube channel is called Star Wars Escape Pod. You know it. And um, we're about two years into the schedule. We got two years to go worth of episodes to catch up until the weekly releases. We uh, do have a Christmas and a New Year's episode around the corner. So that's going to be fun. We'll, uh, we'll be doing some Star Wars trivia and uh, just talking... Talking the Star Wars, uh, Star Wars subjects you know and love from uh, from the Escape Pod. Uh, we're looking forward to having uh, Kirk, Darian, Blake. You know all the regulars that you have been hearing for the last couple weeks on for for that one as well. And uh, catch us on Snipped. Go check us out on Snipped. You can t- catch highlights of the show. Uh, you can use the tag at SW Escape Podcast. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram with the, with the tag at SW Escape Podcast as well. Link for our Discord is in the description below, and you can tune in on any podcasting platform in the galaxy. We're currently hosted by Podbean, which uh, you can find us on the featured TV and uh, movies, I think it is, TV and movies page right now, which is uh, which is a really convenient way to uh, listen to us. So go check out Podbean if you're looking for a good podcast app to tune in on. And, uh, and lastly is Swell. A fantastic way to get in touch with us on the show. We post questions of the week on Swell. And in 2023 onwards, we're going to be uh, trying that out as a new way to interact with our audience. We've had quite a few replies already. Uh, so thank you to those of you who've discovered the show through Swell for tuning in and uh, checking those out. Feel free to leave a reply on the on the Swell's uh, the app in the app store is called Swell Talk. And that's all the Star Wars news we got for today. So shoot us a voicemail or email, swscapepodcast at gmail.com. Leave us a five-star review. And may the Force be with you.